0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. If you craft, you probably know all about crafter.org, that fantastically addictive web forum that's like an online craft night that never ends. On this episode of Craft Sanity, you're going to get to hear from the one and only Leah Kramer, the woman who launched Crafter in 2003 and has watched its member base grow to more than 60,000 crafty people around the globe. Thanks to Leah, we can visit the site at any hour of the day and search a massive database of project tutorials to figure out how to make just about anything from crocheted Wonder Woman power bracelets to shoes decorated with Starburst wrappers or some funky fabric jewelry made from scraps. Because of Leah's just-right blend of computer science knowledge and her love of all things crafty, we get to search for how-tos, show off our latest creations, and seek crafty advice from peer experts around the globe. And as if Crafter wasn't enough of a contribution to the do-it-yourself community, Leah, 31 of Boston, is part owner of a cool store called Magpie. The store in Somerville, Massachusetts, stocks original creations from artists, crafters, and indie designers. Leah and I recently chatted about the creation of Crafter, her decision to leave her day job to keep it running, and her collection of vintage craft magazines that gave way to her fun new book called The Crafter Guide to Nifty, Thrifty, and Kitchy Crafts, 50 Fabulous Projects from the 50s and 60s. So stick around and hear how it all got started.
1: What did you go to school for? Did you go? Um, to- I, I went to UMass, University of Massachusetts, and I studied computer science. I actually uh, didn't know what I wanted to do when I first got to school. I was like, I don't know, photography, religion, uh, English, <laughs> I had no idea and um, I remembered really loving to tinker around with computers um, when I was younger, and so I was like, I'll just take a computer science class, and I, I really loved it, so I ended up majoring in that.
0: Now, I know I'm kind of a, well, I'm a word person and a, you know, like art supply person, um, but computer science is pretty hard, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 did you find it
1: challenging? I mean, was... well, for me, it was actually really fun. It was like Problem solving. It was like, um, like when I was a kid, I used to love to get these magazines that were, um, full of like, Logic problems and word problems and stuff like that, and I found that getting assignments in computer classes was like a challenge like you okay, you have these clues and you have to solve the problem and you and you have these the tools are just like the the commands in the in the programming language, and every single assignment was just i couldn't wait to like run to the computer lab and and do it so it was, it was just it was fun i mean there were times when it was like hard and over my head, especially I had to take a lot of math and <clears throat> I'm not so good at that, but I had to get through it to get get my major, but for the most part, the computer programming was really fun. Yeah, I was, I'd was i be scared off by the math part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, like, trudged through it. it was yeah. Difficult.
0: <laughs> so then you, um, what did you do after graduation then?
1: Um, so let's see. I worked for a couple different uh, software companies. Uh, the first one was... Uh, financial stock market analytical software and like, which does not interest me in the least. I stayed there for four years and um I, I really just liked the, you know, the programming aspect of it, but it, finance itself was so boring to me. So I decided I would just quit and take some classes in something more like, Gratifying, so um, I started to learn how to do multimedia programming, which is like <clears throat> fun stuff like um director and flash, like you might see flash okay. games on the internet, yeah, yeah, and I got hired by this company that does all children's related software, so I would do like c d roms and online games and stuff like that, and it was really fun, and so how long did you keep doing that? Uh, so that was another four years, and then while I was at that job, I actually started Crafter just on the side for fun, and then that quickly became like, okay, I can't do both, work and do Crafter. It's just, <laughs> Crafter is so much work in and of itself. And Crafter, you started that, that was 2003, right? Yep, it was August of two thousand three. Now um, why don't we talk about a little bit about
0: well first of all, um if you can kind of explain for people that don't know, of course I think most people who listen to the show probably have heard of Crafter, but just in case, um what can you, if you can explain a little bit about what Crafter is all about?
1: Sure. Well, the name Crafter sort of uh means like crafty hipster. I'm sure I'm not the only person to ever have come up with that term but it's sort of like, oh, that person's such a crafter they love to make stuff but they're also a hip. And I also, I I, I liked that term because it also reminded me of like Napster and Friendster which were really way more popular at the time and So I thought, wow, it would be so interesting if there was a website where you could share, rather than sharing music or sharing friends, you would actually share uh, really cool craft ideas, and you'd have your own like you know login profile, that kind of thing. But you would just go there to share ideas, and so that's what it is. It's basically um, it's it's it's, the software it uses um, is often called like a message board or a forum. And you get your own your own login, and you get to just share things that you've made, pictures and instructions, or you can just ask questions or just comment on what other people have done. And there's a, um, about 60,000 registered members, just under 60,000 registered members right now. So there's just so many amazing ideas being shared all the time. Well, I was a voyeur. I have a
0: confession to make. I was a voyeur for probably
1: all three years
0: <laughs> until <laughs> last night. I'm like, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm interviewing the founder of Craftster. I need to just register. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I did that last night, and uh, I need to get out there and, and post uh, something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think there are a lot of people who, I mean, people. Uh, some people just can't post enough. Like, they just have thousands of posts, and some people very carefully choose what they want to post or what they want to comment on. So, yeah, d- people have very different levels of involvement. <laughs>
0: well, it's really funny because, I mean, I know there are a lot of other people like myself who might just... Look at it and think, wow, that's really cool. And maybe look at the people's, you can follow kind of links back to, and figure out who some of these people are to see some of the other stuff they're doing. But, it, you know, it's, if you think about, I and mean, you have 60,000 people who registered, how many hits are you getting?
1: Well, okay, so, the number of unique visitors, which supposedly means, like, unique people who come to the site, is something like 300,000 every month. Wow. So Yeah, it's a, lot, a big ratio of people that uh, have signed up to people who uh, actually, like, uh, just come and look. Wow. So your computer background
0: probably has come in so tremendously handy, because I think that to have it be such a huge thing now would be, I know, overwhelming for someone who's just specializing in crafts and has no tech background at all.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's helped a lot. Um, Like the software that I installed, the message board software, I'm constantly tweaking it and making it work differently to, to sort of lend itself better to the purpose at hand. So that's helped a lot. How many years
0: did you go with Crafter and the day
1: job? Um, I think it was like a year and a half that um, between when I finally left and I was like constantly checking Crafter while I was at work you know, I got really good at like hiding my browser really quickly when people would walk by my desk and um, crises would come up on Crafter and I'd have to like, you know, I'd just be like panicking like, oh my God, I'm supposed to do my work and I need to take care of this. And so it eventually became clear to me it was more about, really having to quit to, in order to keep crafter going than like thinking it was financially feasible or if uh. it was a smart move or anything <laughs> It was just like i really want to make this work and i'll find a way to make it work financially no it, it does crafter bring in since it's free to everybody do you actually generate any revenue off of crafter yeah well so it's totally free um you can subscribe for like 12 dollars a year and for that you get really just a little bit of recognition next to your name it says like friend of crafter and there's a little icon and um the other so, but that's actually a very very small part of uh the income it's it's like you know NPR is constantly trying to get people to donate money it's exactly. so difficult like it's someone's job in and of themselves to to raise money. And I don't have the skills to sort of get people to to uh, subscribe. So mostly I rely on ads, advertising. And so I sell little banner ads. They appear on the right-hand side of the screen. And I only sell to companies who sell craft supplies or, or handmade craft, like online shops. Okay. And then I also run those little Google ads that have, like, the text ads. Okay. But it sounds like you're
0: still, I mean, this isn't something where you're like, um, move over Bill Gates. I'm coming through with my bankroll here. <laughs> I mean,
1: you're... Yeah, yeah not quite. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy that I'm able to sustain myself, but it's definitely more of a star- starving artist living than... It's not,
0: you have not replaced your salary, it sounds like, from... Oh, your, no. No, okay. <laughs> okay I have,
1: I'm holding out hope. Yeah, well,
0: it, I mean, what what does... I mean, you created this just amazing resource for... I mean, it's global. I mean, anywhere where you have internet access, people can connect with other artists and crafters and, you know, that, how do you feel when you, you look at this and you realize just how big it is? I mean, you've had years now to, you know, three years about approximately to, uh, you know, kind of reflect on what you've created, but is it still, is it surprising at all to you at how, Popular, this has become.
1: Yeah, it's really surprising, and I try not to let it really sink in <laughs> as to how many people are using it. And, um, but I am reminded of it. Like um, sometimes the site will go down for a, a server problem or whatever, and I'll get all these emails, like frantic emails from people. Like I haven't been able to get on craft fair for the past five minutes. I really need it. <laughs> and, um, and when I when I do um, like a craft fair these days, uh, people will come up to me and just tell me how much they love it and how how, how much of an how much it's really like refueled their fire and interest in crafting and i'm I'm just so happy i I don't feel like I can take credit for it. I feel like I just created the place where it can happen, and then it's all the people who come and and fill it with content who really deserve the credit <laughs> well.
0: But I mean, at the same time, though, none of us would be able to even participate had you not come up with it, so take a little bit of credit, you know. (laughs) I can tell that you're not the type of person that's going to be like, hey, look at me. I'm so wonderful. (laughs) You're very modest, and and that's refreshing. That's great. Of course, in the craft world, there's plenty of modest um, people who've done some really cool things, so that's one of the the cool parts about being uh, part of this uh, community.
1: Um,
0: so So you... do you post? I mean, do you have time to post cuz it sounds like you're you're keeping it going behind the scenes. I mean, do you have time to really enjoy Crafter?
1: Yeah, well, in the beginning, um when Crafter was brand new and there was like 25 members or something, um I used to post maybe two projects every week and I would like take pictures of every step and I was really into it. And then as time went on, I just it, it became like I don't even have time to read it and enjoy it as much as I would like to so I don't post as much anymore but in the beginning I, I did I, I I try but it's hard to squeeze it all in <laughs> so are you looking at some point to um do you have well
0: I guess let me back up to, here do you have a staff or, or any people that help you at all
1: well, I'm really, really lucky in that there's um, about a dozen moderators and uh, on Crafter. And what that means is they're just like regular users who just really love Crafter and they get special permissions to like edit things and delete things and move things, things, things that need attention, answer people's questions. So that helps out a ton. Um, but it is definitely getting to a point where I'm going to need to hire help with certain things that I just – don't have the knowledge to do or kind of don't want to spend my time doing <laughs> like um it, as as the site becomes more and more high traffic there's all these like hardware and server type considerations which like I have no background in and so I'm really looking forward to offloading some of that at some point and then I'll am like my have my eyes on the prize like I'll have time to craft again <laughs> once yeah. I can offload some of these things well,
0: have you had because um, obviously I know
1: you try to there's several rules when you sign
0: up that you want this to be a friendly environment, you know, you want it to be um people not doing ridiculous things. But if you if you found for the most part that craft uh crafters out there behave themselves or have you had some significant p- people trying to just post ridiculous things?
1: Yeah, luckily, I'd say like 99.9% of what goes on is really friendly and supportive and every once in a while there's somewhat of a surly person who wants to just sort of, like, confront everyone and everything. But luckily, it's pretty few and far between. And they, they usually get kind of fed up and leave <laughs> after a while, so that's good. Well, I imagine all the other crafters probably gang up.
0: <laughs> I know there's so many projects on there. I don't know if you know if you have a count of how many projects total have been posted. Do you know?
1: Uh, well, let's see. Um, I have crafter open right now, and there are... Every, like, um, topic of discussion is called a thread, and let me see how many threads there are. Uh, well, actually, maybe I don't have that information right here. because so yeah, it looks
0: like, I'm just scrolling down, it looks like oh. there's, like, a mass, I don't know if you have a total, and it's not a big deal if you don't. I think anyone who visits the site is going to get a sense right away that there's, yeah, you can should, spend, like, days and not see everything. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. It looks like there's 80,000,
1: around 80,000 topics.
0: <laughs> wow. And all those are have multiple directions you can go, and... It would, I know it's, this is going to seem like a ridiculous question now that I've asked you and there's so many projects, but is there, are there things that stick out in your mind as being the most memorable things that you've seen posted? I'm sure there are things, a lot of, there's a lot of repetition. You know, where people have similar ideas about, you know, like denim projects or quilting or whatever, but um, are there any things that stand out in your mind as being some of the most extraordinary things you've seen
1: posted? I get I get asked that question from time to time, and it's so hard. It's, like, harder than answering what's your favorite song or, right. or your
0: favorite color or whatever. Because there's just
1: so many amazing ideas, and they're amazing for different reasons. Like, I always love projects where people take old things that would be thrown away, and they make them into something new. Like, for example, um, I just picked the latest featured projects, which I do just about every month, and there's this lamp somebody made by, like, stacking up a bunch of really cool colorful eight-track cassettes and drilling through them, and then the base of the lamp is the eight-track cassette player. Um, So I always love projects like that. Yeah, I have that open here. That is really cool. (laughs) And um, there's just so many, like of the other featured projects I have right now, there's somebody did um, placemats of uh, knitted intarsia of the main characters in one of the Law & Order shows, and I always <laughs> appreciate things like that because it's, like, there's so much effort and so much detail and so much, like, enthusiasm for the subject of the, um... Yeah, I'm looking at that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, and then there's this other amazing project that I just put in the featured projects where this person took, um, all kinds of really colorful fabric scraps and, like cut them up and folded them up and then strung them. on. Oh, a I saw that
0: last night. I absolutely
1: love that. It's so genius, and I've never seen anything like it. And I'm one of those people who saves everything. I'm like, someday I'm going to need this. And if I don't save it, I will just be kicking myself. So um, I really appreciate that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. It's just it's, a gorgeous uh, necklace. Amazing. And yeah. it, So is this part of the reason why you think you created this? Because you you've now a place to save all these great ideas.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there were other communities on the internet for where crafters were congregating, and still are. And like, there's a great live journal called Craft Girl, and I I love those places, and I actually still go there a lot. And but the thing is that it's because of the way the software works, the information just kind of piles up on top of itself, and it's hard to find what you need later on. So. When I created Craster, I really wanted it to be a place where you could everything was really organized, and you could just drill right down to the the kind of thing that you wanted to find. So, sort of like that's the kind of website I wanted to have. So that's why one of the reasons why I created it.
0: So, did you have to write a bunch of new software for this?
1: No, um, so the software is like, it's a standard message board or forum type software, and it comes um, basically working out of the box, but then I, I do tweak it a lot, like the way it looks, and I add features and things to it, but luckily it was mostly written for me.
0: Yeah, because I was just wondering how much of your um, computer genius came into this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think, you know, being being um, comfortable with programming and all that definitely helps, because there, there are times when it's like, I really want to add this feature. It would be so helpful to have and then I can just go in and, and code it in there. So, well, how how would you
0: say, you know, this is a big lofty question here, but how would you say Crafters changed your life?
1: Well, I I think the the thing that I'm most grateful for for crafter sort of like taking off as it has is that i have been able to leave my day job and i always dreamed about it i was like someday i'm going to just do all things craft related for a living and so i feel like i'm basically doing that and then it's it's nice to be working like spending all your working hours of the week towards your own goal rather than someone else's goal as much as you might love what you do it is still as normally someone else's (laughs) goal that you're working towards so i really appreciate like i I work way more hours than i ever did at any job but it's it's for myself and it just it's so much better
0: (laughs) well yeah i I, with i know with just doing this show i put in quite a few hours and it's but it doesn't feel like i mean you're i'm working and i'm working harder than i do, (laughs) do sometimes at work but it's um yeah, and I understand what you're saying about just having it be for yourself and for your own goal, and it really is um, rewarding.
1: Yeah, it's so, so nice. It's like once you find a project like this that you're passionate about, like your your podcast, for example, you you never you're never in a position where you don't have something to do that you enjoy doing. <laughs> you know, you never have to sit around and be like, I'm bored. What can I do? You have something to do and you, and you like doing it. So
0: I'm curious about what kind of response you got because I think um, a lot of people, especially people with like, creative tendencies, that might not fit into the whole nine-to-five mindset. I mean, they could be totally, I mean, very capable employees, um, but their heart is somewhere else. And with yours, it was with Crafter. Um, did you find that When you told people, um, I mean, did you go part-time to transition or did you just cut cold turkey, you say, okay, um... I, you got my two weeks. I'm... Yeah.
1: Well, I was really lucky that they let me at first. My my company let me cut down to um, Monday through Thursday, and I was like, oh, I have this whole extra day. It's going to be great. And then it became clear that it just wasn't going to be enough. And they were, you know, very very sad but very happy for me. So, <laughs> I think I think that's probably a, a scary thing for an employer to know that. Uh, one of their employees is pursuing something outside of, you know... Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, because they, they want to keep their people, you know, focused on what yeah. they want them
0: to be focused on.
1: <laughs> I still have a great relationship with them, and, in fact, they just recently contacted me about this job they have that involves crafting in some way, and they wanted me to come consult on it, so it's it's um, they're, I'm very lucky that they, you know... Oh, that's
0: really important. nice. So you laughed on really great terms. And, yeah. um How did your, maybe family and extended family and people outside of you know because when you show up at Christmas and last Christmas you were you know working a normal job like normal people and then you, people, all, in every family there's people that don't quite understand um or in in your global sphere a neighbor or whoever it might be you're doing what you know they might not have internet access you know how did how did that go over with just the world around you
1: yeah, luckily, it is hard to explain to people. Um, in fact, like when I meet someone brand new and they say, what do you do? i I was like, oh, no, how am I going to explain this? It's like impossible. But luckily, um, everyone was really supportive. And I think, like, my father is really entrepreneurial and he wants all his kids to be going out there and making gazillions of dollars for ourselves. Um, but he was able to see that, like, I'm, I'm doing something that's affecting a lot of people and, and it's really exciting, even though it's not super (laughs) profitable, so he was really supportive, and um, my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now, he was great, like, um, I thought that the savings that I had would last me longer than it did happen to last, (laughs) and he was great in helping me uh, support, helping support me until I started to get on my feet, so I was really lucky. Yeah,
0: well, that's, yeah, I think having uh, someone in your life that's really supportive uh, makes all this stuff possible, so that's, oh, yeah, that's great, so, do you have advice for other people that are, you know, sitting at their desks and, you know, wishing and hoping that someday they're going to get to, to leave and, and pursue their the thing that truly interests them? Yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult. I know that
1: a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say that they love crafting, they love selling their crafts at craft fairs and in their web shops and stuff, and they would love to do it full time if they could. Um, and... I think think one of the things you really need to do is just sit down and do the math. Like, if you can only make these certain number of things in a certain number of hours, and your profit margin is this or that, like, is it really going to sustain you or not? And if not, um, I, th- I think what I would do maybe is get get some part time work that you really enjoy like maybe it's art related and then do the the uh the crafty thing for the other part of it I, I think it's really difficult to do the crafting thing full-time
0: well especially and i've also heard people say too if they go to do that full-time sometimes they haven't really thought it out or planned it out sometimes they realize they don't like to do it full-time yeah but then they've also already lost their full-time job
1: i know so that's, that's that's definitely a concern, too. Like, are you really going to enjoy making the same thing over and over again for eight hours a day? And I know some a few people that I know really can do it and love to do it, but it, it is important to consider whether you really are going to want to do that.
0: So maybe take a few weeks of vacation in a row mm-hmm. and pretend you're not going back to your job <laughs> and just craft away. Yeah, that is a great idea. Yeah. So, um as far as crafter goes is this something that you want to always keep free to the masses, or do you think it might go to subscription or something and I don't want to alarm people or anything but what are you, what are your future uh-huh. intentions with it?
1: I definitely want to keep it free i I really hate it when there's a site that you you know get to know and love and then it costs money plus, I just think that people um and i I know this because I have this reaction no matter how awesome something is, I have to like take the time to fill out of credit card form and pay for it and instead of a, a you know a whole account like that I'm just not going to do it so I'm just you know f- from just it's sort of the vibe of Crafter to be free and also just because I don't think it would be feasible to, to require people to pay I'll always try to find other ways of keeping it free
0: well that's great I think people really appreciate it I know I love it. My sister loves it. I mean, people, yeah, crafters everywhere love the site. So yeah. it's, it's, so thank you. Thank you for creating this. I think oh, it's wonderful. Thank you for saying thank you. Yeah. And, and your vision, um, now that we have, a, you know, put everyone at ease and they know it's going to be free, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you like to do with it? I mean, do you want to just let it keep growing on its own or are there certain things that you'd like to see that to add, you know, features you want to add or, or any new vision you have for the next, um, you know, the next
1: year or so of Crafter? Yeah, well, there's some a few things that I'm working really hard on which are not very interesting, but like just making the site speedier and, and able to sustain the traffic that it has now, because I know sometimes it can be pretty slow, so that's one thing I'm working on. But the other thing is that using the message board software, it's, it's great and it works really well, but it's a little bit, sometimes I feel like it's uh, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And so I'm working on ways of, allowing people to share projects in ways that really lend themselves more to, like, actually sharing a craft project. So different sort of software uh, solutions that really lend themselves perfectly to sharing craft projects. And maybe, like, um, if you click on an iPod Cozy project, you can click on another link that takes you to all the other iPod Cozy's on the website, things like that. Oh, wow. I think that would be really cool.
0: So it will just help people kind of gather more ideas. Yeah. Quicker. Yep. Well, that's all we need now is more distractions. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, I think I have been amazed at myself. Like I'll I'll say, okay, I'm just going to check something real quick, and I'll have a particular thing that I'm trying to do. Go on, just search around. Okay, and then I'll see a link or the featured project, and like two hours later, and like, where did my time go? <laughs> I mean, it's well spent, and I'm very happy. <laughs> but I'm just like, I can't believe this. But it's like this, this you know, you just get sucked into the craft sphere, you know, and it's um, yeah, I great. Know.
1: I sometimes wonder, like, how much Crafter is responsible for people getting way much less work done in their office.
0: Well, I purposely do not look at it from my office because I would be fired. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sometimes I think about, like, instituting a, an optional feature where you can be, like, limited the amount of time you're allowed to spend on Crafter, like those timers you can put on TVs. <laughs> <laughs> or it just, like, black shoe for, you know, you're on there for two hours and then you're blacked for the
0: next two hours. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really funny.
0: Oh, that's funny, yeah. I mean, you might have to, there might be, um, you know, for our generation, there might be, um, you know, crafters anonymous. <laughs> people are crafters anonymous, maybe people are addicted to craft. Oh, um, yeah, some people have started calling it Crackster. Crackster. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do say when people, you know, I, I know I've used that phrase before. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, it's like crack for, for crafters. You know, <laughs> totally. So, <yeah. laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it sounds like you have a great time behind this, I mean, it sounds like you're very happy and very proud of the fact that this has really exceeded your expectations.
1: Yeah, I just, I feel so lucky that people have flocked to it and, you know, that they share the ideas that they share on Crafter. Every time I see something brilliant, I'm just like, gosh, I'm just so thankful that they came and shared this here, so.
0: So three years ago, when you were, you know, working, um, you know, in the computer industry, and, and were you... Did you ever imagine that people across the country would, and over, all over the world, would know, like, who you are, like, within three years, that there'd be crafters everywhere being like, oh, yeah, I've heard of her. She's the one who came up with crafter. I mean, can it, it, did you ever, I mean, think that that was a possibility?
1: Gosh, you know, I still can't believe that that's the case, but I'm told that that's the case, so I don't believe it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like... Myself as a crafter, I love to craft, but I am like not nearly as talented as all the people on this this message board. It's just crazy. But um, so in a way, I feel like, gosh, I don't deserve to be known like that. But yeah, I never imagined it when I started it. I remember I, was, I told all my friends about it, and I had like twenty five members, and then I had fifty members, and I was like, I have a website that has fifty members. I just I never expected this in a million years. And is why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as a craft uh, a, a craft star here? Um, what it what got you into craft? Well, I, I didn't come from a particularly crafty family. Like my mom didn't really craft. My neither of my grandmothers; they were just really busy raising their families and so forth. So I didn't really learn it from them. But I remember. My mom teaching me once how to make a pillow out of fabric, and I thought that was the most magical thing in the world. <laughs> it was like, you sew it inside out, and it's like, doesn't matter how rough it looks, when you turn it inside out, it looks perfect. That's like the one thing I remember her teaching me, and I would constantly make little pillows <laughs> out of anything I could. Like, she had the obligatory sewing basket with the, the good scissors in it and that kind of thing, and I was constantly like, sneaking in there and taking them and then putting them back. Um <laughs> I loved, I always, always loved making things, always making a mess, and uh, I was one of those kids who, in school, you know, in summer camp, I loved when it was time for arts and crafts, and I hated when it was time for sports.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, you know, we get projects in school, like, okay, everyone make a valentine to bring home to your parents, and mine, mine would be, like, this, like, crazy elaborate thing with, like, pop-up elements and <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. So I always loved doing it. And as I, like, in my teenage years, I remember I, I didn't do it as much. I think I didn't, I really didn't craft very much. Um I think it just wasn't cool. It was like, you know, you sew, like, or you knit, my weird crazy aunt knits, you know. Right. <laughs> in, in, in high school, like, you were really encouraged if you were good at fine arts, like music or sculpture or, or drawing or, but not, crafting just wasn't even, like, part of anything. <laughs> but, um... In college, I I, um, I rented this apartment, and, and Michael's craft store was, like, right within walking distance. And I just went over there and was poking around one day, and I got really attracted to those little tiny glass beads called seed beads. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are fun. And I fell, like, head over heels for seed beading. Like, I just would buy every book and every magazine. I like to do the things where you weave them together in intricate ways. And I just loved how it's like one tiny little thing after another, and then it, it eventually grows into this big beautiful thing. And the problem was though that it wasn't my style. Like I didn't like to wear it. I just loved to make it. <laughs> so I would do like craft fairs and things like that, and give it away as gifts. Um, but eventually, I um, I stumbled upon the Bazaar Bazaar actually in Boston. And it's interesting because I know you just had a a podcast with Greg. Yeah, he was great. He's a really funny guy. Uh, Yeah, he's awesome. (laughs) I'm so sad he doesn't live in Boston anymore. But I I walked into the – I just saw a flyer for it. I walked in, and there was all these people making really cool stuff, like stuff I could really relate to. And that definitely fueled my fire to get back into crafting again. And so that was back in – I think he kicked that off, what was it, 2001? Right, 2001. And it was a a great – the first year was really cool because I know that they – I'm one of the organizers now, but I wasn't involved at all then. I didn't know any of them. And I know that they had trouble even finding 20 vendors for the event. And so what they did is they had a lot of their friends, like, they cajoled them into being vendors. Like,
0: hey, make some stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, like,
1: there was this one guy who, um he decided to recreate uh, rock album covers in different colors of macaroni. <laughs> things like that. It was just like, you have to come up with something crafty. And people did. And it was a really great vibe. Well, the thing that's so, so cool about you know Greg's creation with Bizarre Bizarre is that he's
0: made basically told every empowered everyone, hey, whatever you want to make, you know, it's a craft, go for it, and it really is kind of liberated. So you don't have to do this whole, you know, dainty doily, you know, or crochet a ripple afghan. I mean, there's so many other things that are considered crafts, and it's really cool. So oh, you, yeah, like it's an extension, it can be an extension
1: of your personality.
0: Exactly. So you see these. Big guys, you know, that look like they just stepped off a Harley, um, you know, yes. making, you know, well,
1: Greg, I mean, he's not exactly, when you look at Greg,
0: you don't think, wow, oh, that yeah. guy must crochet or he must needlepoint or cross stitch, you know, and, you know, yes. <laughs> Definitely. he's a very
1: talented crafter, you know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so it's great to break through those stereotypes, too, and so you got sucked in to Bizarre Bizarre.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, so I, I was just a shopper the first year and then I was like, next year I'm gonna be a vendor. This is so cool and all year long I worked on different ideas of things that I could make and then I was a vendor the next year and then I um I really wanted to be more involved. So now I'm I'm one of the main organizers of the Boston one and it's just so much fun. I, I got to go out to the one in San Mateo uh, last weekend And how did how did that go? It was so great. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. It was Part of this huge event called the Maker Fair, yeah. which is by Make Magazine, and so is at this giant fairgrounds, and most of the exhibits, I'd say, were, like, sort of tech DIY-related, like um you know this guy who built his own segway scooter from scratch you know, oh my goodness balancing scooters and just sat there all day long and talked to people about how he made it a lot of really amazing technological feats and just a really great positive vibe everyone was just so happy to be there and then the bazaar bazaar was right in the middle of it and then there was like a smattering of craft related things all around the um the event so it was just so much fun and were you a vendor as well or just kind of an organizer? Yeah, I, I did. I had a booth. Um so the first time I ever did a craft fair where I didn't sell things that I made. I actually um, just had copies of my book and got to meet people and chat about craft fair and that kind of thing. So it was kind of relaxing in that sense, not to have to, like, do the whole thing where you were crafting every, you know, night for a month leading up to it.
0: And then panicking cuz things still aren't done. That was I've done a couple of those where oh, yeah. you get to the thing and you're so sleep deprived you can yeah. you're like propping yourself up.
1: Yes. I'm trying like,
0: to look friendly as someone's going past your booth. <laughs> and yet you do it again and, again and again. Yeah. Like this well every time I've done that I've said on the way to the show I'll be like I am never putting myself through this again. <laughs> and then and then I get done and I'm like that was so much fun. Yeah. My yeah. husband's like, "Are you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you just <laughs> said you would never do it again, you know." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't mean it,
1: you know." <laughs> <laughs> totally. was a week afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when in the, in the, in your memory,
0: it was the best time ever, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and it is. It is. It's just that that stressful point between yeah. gluing on the last thing or tagging the last item to getting there, setting up, and yeah. 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 So well, I'm. Gl- I'm glad. It sounds like you had a great time then, just getting to let people see the face. Of the woman who's created exactly. crafter and 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 is that is that you know are you comfortable and when you when people come up to you and they start doing this idol worship like oh my gosh
1: you're the one <laughs> is that weird for you or it's so weird I never know how to react um, but it, it, I don't know, I try not to let it like I don't know <laughs> overwhelm me but it, <laughs> it is it is very strange but it's really nice too and I and I, and I know in my heart it's not like me it's crafter and and that makes me feel better. <laughs> it's just great like at this last one um the, at the San Mateo event this really nice teenage girl came up and handed me a card and then just like walked ran away kind of really shyly and I opened it up and it was you know a thank you for crafter and how inspirational it is and it's so nice. Oh wow. <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah, it makes all the Hours and hours and hours of work worth it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's what's interesting too that I've noticed is that it's a place for, you know, because I think back to, um, you know, well, I'm about the same age as you, and, we, you know, when we were in high school, you know, the crafting wasn't something that people talked about, and you certainly didn't have, like, yarn in your locker. I mean, most people. Oh. I would, like, craft at home. Yeah. It was something almost like, you know, almost like this closeted thing, almost, where, you know, your people are crafting in isolation, you know, and it's become so. It's so popular now and it's giving kids and yeah who knows what the story with this young girl that reached out to you with with the thank you Mm -hmm. um but it's giving people a positive outlet you know to do something Mm -hmm. if they feel like they don't quite fit in you know it's this is a community where they can you know if they're making something you know trying to do seed bead project and you know they want inspiration they can go on here and connect with other people Mm -hmm. that have a similar interest and and these kids don't feel like they're alone, you know, and I think for you know going to none of us probably really want to repeat our teenage years, um, <laughs> the awkward adolescence that you know can be hell at times. But I think that this is really, you know, I think it's great what you've created, because this could be you know kind of a haven, a safe haven for creative people, um, especially in that those difficult, that difficult age, you know,
1: <laughs> that we all muddle through. Definitely. I, I wish that I had been into crafting in that in that teenage period of time because um, it's something that it's fun and you can feel good about, and it's a lot more productive than like smoking cigarettes behind the high school, And, <laughs> right. and you know, underage drinking, which I was known to pass my days with. Yeah. <laughs> crafting, God, I wish i wish it had been cooler at the time. Yeah. And what do you make of, of
0: what's happened um, in the last you know ten years? And most recently, probably since 2000, has been the biggest uh, shift that we've seen toward, you know, the popularity of crafting and this whole culture that's formed around it. Do
1: you think this is a fad, or do you think this is going to continue? Mm, it's a good question. I, and I hope it's not a fad. Um, I, I can't, the thing that I that I think about it is that it's, it's, it, the, the the fact that it's becoming more popular and that all these ideas that are non-mainstream and maybe speak to people more than the mainstream crafts have is really just opening people's eyes to being creative and getting in, in touch with their creative side. And once you do that, even if you thought maybe you didn't have a creative side, I think it's something that people enjoy and are going to want to foster more and more. So I don't, I can't see it going away. I can only think of it as like... You know, an, an enlightenment of people, and you know, allowing them to just get in touch with with this creative side. Well, I'm with you. I hope it does continue. Yeah, I hope so too. You know, I, I know, like in the '50s, for example, women were sort of told like you should be at home knitting and darning your husband's socks and this and that, and I bet the, and baking cakes. And I think maybe a lot of women didn't particularly enjoy it, but they felt like it was the thing they were supposed to do. But now it's something that you can do if you want if you don't want to you don't have to but if you are interested here's all these ideas that you might really like so well and the, the
0: cool thing about it is it's no longer a label like if you're knitting you know like you're some you know you know subservient woman you know what i mean i mean it's like it's a very empowering thing oh, yeah. i mean you choose to do it you choose not to or you can make a skull and crossbones sweater if you're kind of irritated with the world you know i mean it's really cool to see people kind of acting out you know Whatever they, you know, their rage in t- at times with mm-hmm. crafts, you know, oh, yeah. it's a lot better than punching someone in the face, you know, because you can't <laughs> get arrested true. for knitting, you know. <laughs> so, um,
1: you solved all the world problem, the world's problems. I
0: really, you know, I really think that that I, I really believe that. I'm, you know, I think I've said before that if we got all the women together, well, men too, just everybody together, like in a big global bizarre, bazaar, <laughs> and just have people bring what they, whatever they want to make, and you know, because um, people I think feed off of each other's creativity, and it's such a positive thing
1: oh yeah
0: absolutely you know? well I want to kind of wind we're winding closer here now to to the discussion of your book um, I'm very interested in you are are you still part owner of um, the store um, uh, Magpie
1: yes I am there are five of us and we all met um, through the Bizarre Bazaar. actually we're all organizers of that too and what magpie is is it's um a little boutique um in Davis Square which is a really cute hip uh neighborhood in Somerville which is right next to Boston and Cambridge and we sell all handmade things a lot of the like people whose websites you know you may may have seen online like okay. my paper crane and boy girl party they 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 were so lucky to have their stuff in the in the store but also a lot of local crafters and artists Oh excellent so in how long have you guys been in business? um oh gosh, let's see. I think it's uh a oh, a year and a half and
0: every every single thing in there is handmade
1: yeah or um designed by like a sort of indie designer, like you know we have silk screen shirts which are made at a silkscreen company, but okay,
0: but the design by, like an illustrator,
1: okay, okay, well, that sounds I'll
0: have to make it out you know, if I get to Boston, I'm gonna have to definitely stop um and actually Somerville, how close is Somerville? Because it's actually in
1: Somerville right yep um there's there's a the, the major subway system in Boston um goes right into Davis Square or Somerville, so it's really close to like to to Boston,
0: so okay. Really well, it
1: sounds really cool, and do you also make things
0: that you sell there?
1: Yeah, it's it's so great, like, uh, to be the owner of the store, because I can, or one of the owners of the store, because I can just have, like, a prototype that I'm like, huh, I wonder if this would work, and then I can put it in the store the next day. And, and see if, if anyone's like interested. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So what types of crafts um, do you do? Well, I I really like um, making things out of interesting things that I find, <laughs> like, I love Drifting and going to flea markets and looking through people's trash piles, although I probably shouldn't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, being inspired by the things I find, uh, like I always run into these, um, plastic boxes of recipe cards from the, um, 50s and 60s and 70s where they have a photo of, like, the item you can make on the front and the recipe on the back. And because they're vintage, they often have, like, hot dogs wrapped in cheese, wrapped in bacon on a creamed corn casserole, things like that. (laughs) So I I always collect those, and I make things uh, like greeting cards and notebooks out of those. Um, So, yeah, I really like to remake things into other things.
0: (laughs) So you're going, you're not going to the, the local, like, big box craft supply store for your stuff, you're more likely to go, you like to go find things and come up with a unique... Uh,
1: Definitely. I mean, it's always the essentials that you need, but, yeah, like, the, it, it always surprises me. Um, like, I, I collect a lot of cigar boxes. I have all these places that are always giving me cigar boxes around where I live, and I love to make things out of those. But you can go into, like, a big chain store and get, like, a brand-new unfinished wood cigar box-looking thing to make something out of. And it's like, the whole point is that it's supposed to be an actual cigar box. (laughs) Right,
0: right, right. I mean, yeah, and I think think it's great that you're – I think I actually enjoy myself, too, going out and finding something or taking something that's maybe in the garage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to throw this out because it's too good to throw out, but what yeah. can I make out of this, you know?
1: Well, totally. It's, and you can cut down on the on number of new things you need to buy if you can fix up the stuff you have in really cool ways.
0: Yeah, and it's great to see people doing that because you're right, there's too much stuff going in the landfill and, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. <laughs> to buy like a brand new thing that someone might eventually throw in a landfill, you know, a box yeah. that's... You can use the box you already have. Absolutely. So with your, your thrifting and, and going to garage sales and, and, and looking for some of these items you like to collect, can you talk a little bit about your, your collection and that'll be a great um lead into the book that's kind of evolved from that? Yeah, um, tell us
1: about your collection. Oh gosh, I am such a pack rat. My husband too. It's insane. Like we, we had to we had to find the biggest apartment possible when we moved last time because we were just like we have so much stuff. We just have to face that we need tons of living space. So we're always collecting weird old things. One of the things I love to collect our um like old how-to books especially cookbooks and craft books like the the cookbooks like I said about the recipe cards are just the recipes are so funny that the jello molds and the, yeah the salad bowls, and the photography is always, like, a little bit off. So it's always really saturated, and it makes everything look so much more unappetizing. <laughs> right, these weird colors, yeah. yeah. so I have so many of those, for example, and, like, I'll even buy, like, five of the same copy of certain books. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. But, um, <laughs> and then the other thing, whenever I find a, an old craft book, which is pretty rare, they're, they're harder to find, but I'm always just so excited. Um, so... I started to build up a big collection of these old craft books, and I thought to myself, gosh, I have to do something with these. Like, I have to share these ideas with people. They're so either just funny or charming or, like, preposterous or kitschy or just, like, actually cool. And so the idea for the book came out of that. And actually, I never thought I would write a craft book because I always thought, I have this website where people can get all these ideas for free. Why would I write a craft book? And then, but when this idea hit me, I was like, you know, this is really different, and I think people—I I just think people would really like this.
0: And so, your 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 book, The craft Your Guide to Nifty, Thrifty, and Kitschy Crafts: Fifty Fabulous Projects from the '50s and '60s. <laughs> it's <Right. That's laughs> a so long title, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but but it's a, it's really cool. And and when so when did you start working on this book?
1: Oh, gosh. This was like two years ago. It's crazy how long these things take. Now, did you do the normal book proposal and shop it around, or did you... It was an interesting learning lesson. I... I wrote a book proposal, Um, I bought a book about how to write a book proposal, and I was like, you know, I don't need an agent, like, literary agents are for people who are writing novels and things like that, this is just like a how-to book, I'll just, I had a publisher in mind, I'll just pitch it right to them, and I actually proceeded with that, and the publisher was interested and so forth, but then it clearly, uh, it became clear that I wasn't a little over my head when it came to, like, the contract and the payment and royalties and this and that, so... I eventually did decide to get an agent. I actually had to walk away from the first situation because it wasn't, they they were trying to take advantage of me, sadly. But I found a great agent. The agency is called Full Circle Literary, and they are really interested in craft books. And they helped me shop it around, and I finally got like a real publisher and a real good deal.
0: Well, that's great. And so it sounds like you have to, you would recommend other people that are out there maybe thinking about doing a book proposal to get an agent?
1: Absolutely. Like, it, not, it takes tons of like uh, work off your hands that you shouldn't even have to like know about. And then there, you know people always say or you always read that if you have an agent, even though they take a certain percentage, they're going to get you more than you would have been able to get on your own. So it's it's totally worth it. Well, especially when someone has a stake in it, you know they probably
0: want to make you. Something, I mean, they're they want to they're working for you, you know.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: So, yeah, and then you have more time to focus on the book and and did you do every single project in this are these all your examples
1: yeah well so the book is um the ideas came from these original vintage publications that i have like magazines books pamphlets all from the 50s and 60s and what i had to do is i had to remake every single one of them so it could be photographed like a brand new really nice crisp big photograph (laughs) right so you wouldn't be recreating the the craziness yeah. of <laughs> yeah, that was it was so much fun to make them. But then it, uh, the book also has the vintage imagery as well, so you can see like the old and the new version, right? In the graphics, I think, well, in the, the type, the fonts you guys picked
0: for yeah. the book looks
1: really cool too. Yeah, the designer did a great job making it look like you know an old nineteen fifties advertisement with the big sweeping like treacly slogans and things like that. <laughs> right, right, right. So you you
0: did. How long did you said you spent two years then recreating all these, or? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, like the idea came up two years ago, and then, um, I don't know how long it took me to do the projects, but one of the things that took the most time was getting permissions for everything.
0: Yeah, because I noticed at the bottom of just about every page, well, I think every project has a permission.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was really tricky because in a lot of situations, like the publisher, you know, got bought by this person, and got bought by this person who died and went out of business and this and that. So I had to I had to actually forego a bunch of projects, sadly, because I couldn't track down the right people. But uh, it was really interesting to do it. It was sort of like being a private detective. Like I'd go on the Internet and I'd read about this company and how they got, you know, like Cannon Mills. There's a towel project. They used to make towels. I got to read the history of them and how they went out of business and what their mills were like and and all kinds of interesting stuff. So it was really kind of fun getting all that stuff, but it took a long time. Do you have a project that you think was just,
0: um, well, I do have to ask you, I and you've probably been asked this already by other people, but the loincloth, what did you think when you saw that? (laughs) When <laughs> I,
1: I have I have such an enormous collection of these old, like, craft booklets and magazines, and that's one of those that I was just like, that was one of the, the kinds of things I love about craft of this era is that some of them are so funny, but at the time, they weren't trying to be funny. Like, they served that up in all sincerity. So the Loin Cloth Project is from a booklet called Make It With Towels. <laughs> not the Cannon Mills one. It's a different company. <laughs> And it's all kinds of like wacky things that you can make out of towels, and they're just so funny. So the the loincloth one is like these two strapping men <laughs> wearing. like... <laughs> it's the photo is just. And, and it's just like uh, I I just can't even get it head. So was this was this meant to be like a.
0: Like a Halloween project or something. No, it
1: is meant to be like your husband gets out of the shower, he throws on his lingerie, <laughs> and he walks around the house. Like it's, it's totally sincere. It's not a costume <laughs> because it just seems
0: to kind of fly in the face of the whole Leave It to Beaver era. You
1: know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, is, you, it is kind of risque <laughs> if you think about it. But it, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, I love that one. yeah, I
0: think that that's uh, that's pretty hilarious. So, it, and it, your intention too. I mean. For people who might be listening, thinking, to what? What is this all about?" The projects, you know, obviously range from you know, char, you know, uh, felt animal patches to you know, felt flower appliques. I mean, you have to- um, towel handbags. I mean, I thought I, I really liked the pops, uh, the popsicle stick purse. I think I made one of those back in arts and crafts yeah. a long time ago. Uh, School knitting. Um, what was your criteria? What were you
1: looking for? Well. I first envisioned it like sort of half coffee table book, half how-to book, where you'd really like, you could sit back and kick up your feet and just enjoy looking at it, looking at all the beautiful imagery and all the funny ideas and so forth, but it it also then started to become maybe 75% how-to book, 25% coffee table book, so there are a lot of projects in there that you'll really, I think the reader will really want to do, like they're truly cool projects, and then there's The smattering of, like, you just got to laugh at this project.
0: (laughs) So it it sounds like you're not really expecting a lot of people to run out and grab some, get some leopard print uh, towels for a loincloth. I hope not. <laughs> or maybe I hope so. I don't know. I guess you'll let people in the privacy of their own home. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, but just don't share
1: that one. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't want
0: to see the photos you know, for that. Yeah. No. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a great time uh, collecting the ideas. And, and these are all from books that you own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And so how many hundreds more projects do you have that we're not? Are you going to have a volume two?
1: I don't know if I will. It it was so much work to get the permissions, and then the other part of things was, like, a lot of times you you, you have this old magazine, and there's, like, a picture of the guys wearing the loincloth, and there's a two-sentence description of how to make it, and I have to write, like, really clear instructions, and it was a ton of work, so I don't know if I'll do another book like this, but... It, maybe I'll open like a little public library. People can come over and look at the uh, original, <laughs> the originals. original
2: magazines and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, there might be some or have a, some kind of online database
0: or something yeah, like that. Be really that'll cool. that'll keep you busy for the next <laughs> seventy five years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it, it, just the range of projects too. I was kind of surprised too by some of the things in here. Like I, you know, it never occurred to me. Uh, toothbrush bracelets. Mm-hmm. Was that surprising to you to come across? Them? I mean, I, I just, I mean, that seems like more like something you see on Crafter now.
1: Yeah, well, that that was really interesting to me. There, there's this magazine called Paco Fun Magazine, and they're actually still around today, but they've been around since the 50s and have tons of old issues. And I was looking through, and I saw this whole thing about what to do with toothbrushes. And I know that people are still making the toothbrush bracelets on Crafter these days. And I thought that was so cool that, like, here it is. Like, here's maybe the very first incarnation of this project, and somehow it's been passed on, whether people know that it's been passed on to them or not. So I thought that was really neat. Same thing with the record bowls. Right. And also from Paco Fun Magazine, you know, the instructions for how to, like, melt the record in the oven and make the record bowls. And I just thought that was so cool that, like, it's been done for so many years and people are still doing it. So it kind of steals the thunder a little bit of the people that
0: showed up about
1: six years ago at some of these art
0: fairs. Yeah. <laughs> and people thought, wow, I've never seen that before. That's what You can do with those old records. So people were actually melting records that um, – were, you know, that was the technology back then, the records, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, those are just all around you all the time. So it makes sense that people were trying to find ways of using them.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it gives you something else to do with the records in your basement or mm-hmm. wherever. Um, do you have a favorite project in here? Hmm. Or something that you actually make? Um, even Because I know this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek publication here where you're not expecting people to read it very seriously and, you know, I mean, this is meant to, as you said, like, kind of just entertain as yeah. well as inspire.
1: Yeah, well, I do think, I do think there, well, it depends on your your personality and and, and so forth or whether you're really going to make these things and wear them out in public and so forth, but I, there are a lot of people I think these days who, who like to incorporate retro style in their, what they wear and what they have around their house, so, um, but I'm trying to think, I love the Popsicle stick purse. I think that was just Adorable. I've actually made two of them now because I gave the first one away and it's made another one. It's just so kitschy and so cute when it comes out. So it's probably, I don't know, but there's so many. There's also the, the toilet paper cozies, there's two of them. In the right. <laughs> Those are fine, too. I just love that there was a time in history where people covered their toaster and their toilet paper roll and their, like, dish soap with little dresses and things. <laughs> there's so many favorite projects. It's hard to pick one. <laughs> So do you actually use a Popsicle stick purse? I have not yet brought it out in public. I am I like the whole, like, messenger bag over the shoulder comfort thing, but yeah. if I was going out to a special occasion, I might bring the Popsicle stick purse out and see, take it for a test run. <laughs> yeah, and, and you'll
0: have to post about how that goes over yeah. on you know, your blog. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's most practical
0: purse. But, um. Who do you think, if someone's thinking, okay, I'd like to get this, you know, I have a friend who's crafty, birthday is coming up but um, obviously this is a book intended for crafters but who else do you think this is the perfect gift for i mean who else can you see getting a great laugh out of this
1: yeah well i think there there are people maybe who uh, grew up in this era and would get a kick out of seeing the things that they grew up you know around like the gold spray-painted macaroni and that kind of thing <laughs> right um, and then i also think that um, a lot of people like myself just really appreciate, you know, the style of the 50s, the graphic design, the kitsch factor. And so I always thought it would be a good gift for people like that who just like to pour over and look at that kind of thing. And then maybe they'll get inspired to actually try to make some of them, too. Yeah.
0: Well, I think I, there's some that I probably won't make, but there's plenty in here that I definitely am going to make. Yeah. I think I have to make myself one of those purses. Yeah. But I drop things all the time, so... <laughs> <laughs> to be extra
1: careful with that one.
0: <laughs>
1: oh yeah. <That's> a disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what what do you have on your agenda next?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, yeah, so I have lots of improvements for Crafter, which I'm really excited about, and I hope to write. Uh, like I have another idea for a book, which I'm not going to say. But I'm yeah, really don't say it because then yeah, you want to make sure you're uh-huh. have it underway. And, you know, there's always Magpie, which we put a lot of effort into. The Bizarre Bazaar is always going on. But, yeah, there's nothing really big and new. It's mostly just sort of working on my current projects and improving them all and <laughs> keeping them going. You, who inspires you and whose work do you love? Oh, gosh, there's so many people. Um, uh, as as far as, like, crafters who are out there doing stuff right now, um, I love Heidi Kenney's work from MyPaperCrane.com. Okay, yeah,
0: she, great work
1: oh, one of my favorites like she's just the things that come out of her brain like you've never seen anything like it and they're just so adorable and so interesting and i just i can't believe that she's a mom and she is like she somehow manages to squeeze in all this amazing crafting on top of everything else she does um i also love um boy girl party susie garamani she's just beautiful, beautiful illustrations, and then she manages to incorporate them into craft too, like, she sews little pouches that have the the illustrations sewn into them and that kind of thing. So those are some, like, sort of modern-day, hipper crafters that I, I get a lot of inspiration from. And i trying to think, who else? There's, yeah, just basically, like, I'm always inspired by, you know, retro things and things from the 50s and just kind of poring over stuff like that. I'm probably forgetting some key people but
0: <laughs> well I think they'll understand cuz I think um there's so many people and I know anywhere I look on the internet I'm inspired by everything I see just about you know so it's it's really um it's, it's great I mean this is another thing you know what do you think about the internet I mean obviously um if the internet wasn't there we wouldn't be talking cuz crafter wouldn't exist um mm-hmm. but I mean what do you make of this whole you know what the internet has done to allow people that love crafts um to connect in this way
1: yeah, it's it's so crazy because, you know, you might be from a small town somewhere in the country where you don't know anyone who likes to do what you do, and yet you can get on the Internet and people manage to find ways to flock to the same places, and then all of a sudden you have like a thousand friends who you can share your ideas with. I just think it's so amazing. I can't think of anything else in the world that allows that to happen like the Internet does. And it just, it's, like, empowered so many people and and really inspired so many people to, like, get even more crafty than they could have normally. (laughs) Well, thanks again
0: for your time. You've been very generous Mm -hmm.
1: with your time. I appreciate that.
0: Thank you, Jennifer.
1: Have a great day. Yep, you (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks to Leah for being such a fabulous guest. It was great to hear the voice of the woman who gave us Crafter, and it's very cool to see how her idea, just one idea, grew into this massive craft sensation. So congrats, Leah. It's great that you've been so successful. Since we recorded the podcast at the end of April, Crafter surpassed the 60,000-member mark. That's a lot of hipster Crafters out there. Check out Craftsanity.com for an easy etched glass project how-to from Leah, and you'll also find links to her website there. Uh, Just a heads up, I'm going to be running uh, another contest soon, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, feel free to send me an email to reassure me that I'm not just talking to myself. I'd love to hear from all you crafty folks, so don't be shy. As usual, I'm always looking for guest suggestions and any ideas or topics you think would be interesting to do a show about. And one last reminder to check out the review section of Craft Sanity. There is a review posted of the Yarn of the Month Club. It's a subscription-based yarn sampling option, and I talked to the owner. She told me a little bit about how she got started and all that good stuff. So It's not part of the podcast, so if you have to go to the website and click on the review option, and then click on the link from there to hear this information. So It's something that's there if you're interested. Um, If you have other suggestions of products or services you'd like me to get information on um, or talk to the creator, owner, etc., let me know. No. try to squeeze those in when I can. Today's music selection is called Extraordinary Girl by Jack in the Pulpit, and I found it on the Podsafe Music Network. If anyone is in a band that wants to uh, submit some music, um, I'd be happy to play it. But I am looking to find some music that maybe some listeners are either making or they like, um, because I find that that's taking a lot of my time to try to find music. So today I was kind of under the gun trying to find some music, and... It's not a fun way to find music. Okay, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you have a fabulous, fabulous week. And don't forget to craft sanity.
2: the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.